I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips because Rod and Karen are so hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Blackout Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we are live on a Saturday, ready to do some feedback. This is the episode where we talk about all the things that you had to talk about throughout the week. Okay, so you guys love comments. <clears throat> Looking in the show notes, that's how you can leave your feedback. You can leave comments on Spotify, the website, vote in the polls, email us, all that stuff, vote voicemails long as they're two minutes or less all that stuff is how you you get in contact with us and then we hear your contact and we give you feedback here uh the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport bullet ball and bullet ball extreme extreme yeah and also if y'all want to see our lovely faces like if you somebody you like i love riding karen i listen to the podcast but i've never seen their faces what do they look like go to crowdcast.io and subscribe to the blackout who tips and you know what you also can do uh them notes this in the podcast that roger puts in and most of y'all don't pay attention to no way the link is also in there yep so make sure you guys do all that and uh yeah let's go ahead and get started there's people that give us money on our website theblackouttips.com you look on the right hand side if you have a phone turn it sideways and you can donate to the show through paypal you can give us money uh at any amount and at any time and you can repeat it you can do it one time it doesn't matter but you all get a shout out today's a new day and new pay all right let's get into it uh we got kimberly aka falcon diva kevin w jason f Derek lw ken m lawrence c zachary from the living corporate podcast tanisha g dostry j preston aka team drove slang of ages podcast uh celeste vaughn b uh adam s and lastly mariano that's everybody that hooked us up this week we appreciate y'all for the money okay we're gonna spend it for sure and we also have people that gave us five star reviews we got three new five star reviews this week uh this one is from l hanzo who says my first rating shouldn't have taken this long so long this podcast is a must listen for me whenever something big happens i can't wait to hear rod and karen's take on it the passion is unmatched funny smart compassionate loving rod and karen are hands down two of the best in the podcast game stay blessed thank you oh, thank you we shall try and we uh try. we appreciate you and honestly whenever you are able to leave us a five-star <laughs> review it's right on time every time okay don't feel bad mm-hmm. you can now join all the other people and, yeah. and smugly judge everybody else yeah because you know what then you have the right to judge you are being judged if you have not left us a five-star review notice secretly you are being judged yeah i hope you feel bad okay now leave us a five-star review you don't gotta feel bad no more it's that easy uh updated review still of the podcast is from jessica kane uh rod and karen are the most prolific podcasts i listen to sometimes i miss episodes but every episode they put out is greatness i've been listening for over 10 years and the blackout tips is the best 
i can always rely on them for at least one i need to pause because i'm laughing too hard moment if not more thank you thank you thank you jessica we appreciate you and we do i remember jessica kane kane of the librarians come on uh bill till leaves a five-star review he says still my favorite podcast taking us back to slavery was on point i hear you karen i hear you and i vote <clears throat> there is no other podcast like the blackout tips it's hilarious insightful fun and it always puts me in a good mood rod and can create five-star content so regularly that i am spoiled love all that you do and i'm so happy for the success you built keep doing your thing and thank you for sharing it with us thank you bill we appreciate you thank you um we appreciate everybody leaves a five-star review and you know in addition to just helping us with the algorithm and all that stuff most importantly man just lets us know that y'all appreciate us and i think anyone that's been you know podcast is kind of like a relationship you know we've been doing this for so long and you just want to be appreciated you just want to know that the person still cares and we love that y'all still care mm-hmm. all right let's get into some comments on our website uh we'll start with some music first who has better musical transitions than us i don't think so nobody this episode is brought to you by snapple want to know another snapple fact the first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep a duck and a rooster ridiculous check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored snapple near you when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply nobody uh <clears throat> episode twenty-seven, twenty-eight, double juneteenth we had one comment apia it was our feedback show apia says my parents help us with the kids a lot and i'm thankful but now that we have kids i understand them honestly less i was an only child and we have two my parents did put a lot of pressure on me and now as a mother myself i wonder why that i was the best in school was extremely important for to them and their love felt conditional more achievement more love yes i was in therapy to work on this with my kids of course i want them to have success in school but my love for them is always there and if they are the best or not isn't important to me it's not like the kids who act like robots in school have the most fulfilling life later or even the most success at work that kid is just the best rule follower when something goes wrong we are way more relaxed than my parents the grandparents or the kids the kids are also aware of it and they point it out multiple times i think i admire the fact that your parents seem to know you as a person and are interested in what you are interested in rod um yeah i mean i think we don't have kids but if we did i think at least for my picking up on what everybody talks about it seems like everybody tries to correct what they feel were the mistakes of the their parents and sometimes it can lead to i just my personal opinion is it doesn't matter how you raise your kids they're going to have issues because they're going to be humans the world is going to affect them and 
whatever you choose they will grow up and have some version of you know my mom was like this and it's something that because you're a human being we're not perfect and we're not robots it's just something we can't control and you just hope that it's not too bad you know like um uh so like like a lot of people in my generation especially in america especially black people we're growing we're having kids now we're like we're not hitting our kids because we were hit when we were kids and so we want to find another way because we know the pain or the trauma or the ptsd of being hit the fear of your parents and balancing that with love and you know it goes deep psychologically all the way back to like slavery to me in my opinion Mm -hmm. and so we are trying to break those cycles but that may mean that you end up with a different type of kid you know a lot of parents now want their kids to have a lot of autonomy you may have those kids grow up and be like my parents should have been a little bit more uh restrictive because they had me doing stuff at an age where i really didn't understand it and i wasn't ready for it and they were too much of my friend and and i needed discipline and now i don't have any and they may raise their kids differently you know i think the internet and social media is going to change a lot of that Mm -hmm. i'm noticing the younger kids now are getting off of social media more than the adults like my generation is on facebook and twitter and shit more than the kids are because the kids are like this shit is tracking us it's not really freedom and they're aware of all the you know the negative impulses that come from it so and they grew up in it our generation did not grow up in it and i think that that makes a difference too exactly and i have and they grew up with their parents turning that camera towards them and putting them up there with them not having a choice so when they get old enough to have a choice their choice may be i don't want to be on the internet i don't want the world knowing my life um so yeah it'll be interesting to see what your kids decide but ultimately it's the kids that will decide how good of a parent everybody is you know Mm -hmm. um the poll was oh wait i'm sorry we had one more comment on youtube janetta says i after i had covid a a year ago thanks to the vaccine i had at the time and paxlovid my worst symptoms lasted three days tops my cough lingered over a month uh keep an eye on that especially if it's a gnarly cough yeah my cough is gone pretty much so um but yeah i definitely feel you it's it's the i my you know what one of my side effects was that i hadn't heard anybody talk about and i didn't even google to see if it was common for some reason spicy food tasted way spicier to me for like a week or two Mm. i don't know why by the way i it just everything spicy was and honestly i I loved it okay (laughs) my body has gotten too used to the spice yeah because we ate something and roger was like this is too spicy for me i was like too spicy for you what is happening yeah and it was beautiful i was i was loving it it's been a long time since i had spicy food that made me be like oh yes the sting (laughs) uh that worked for me but i recommend a follow-up appointment if that's the last symptom you have lingering so to see if it can be treated of course doctor you know we got you (laughs) Uh, the poll was have you had covid yet yes or no yes 49 percent of our audience meaning for uh, the majority 51 percent has not had covid yet that's good yeah that is great yeah that 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 is that is really good and and truth be told i wonder out of that number how many people because it's a out of that percentage that didn't mm-hmm. have COVID, I think that percentage is smaller. It's going to be a percentage that had COVID, thought it was a cold, and just didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. We can never know. We don't right. know. So, you know. Uh, but I agree. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but meanwhile, on Spotify, the people with money, 61% have had it. 39 have not. And that makes sense because they have money, so they was out doing stuff. What? They was going to all of the concerts. Mm-hmm. They, honey, they was out. They was like, the streets is open. So Taking advantage I. of those plane ticket sales. I get it. Come on. Ocean's Gate got a buy, a, a BOGO sale. That was the, uh, the Q&A. Uh, people left comments. Uh, Toy says, how is this company not shut down yet? <laughs> Sci-Fi Chick says, uh, hell no. Well, that's not very sporting Sci-Fi Chick. I thought you liked science fiction. <laughs> it's in your name. Mm-hmm. And James says, it's the ocean, it's the ocean gate. Buy one, get one, sell cheaper than Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. 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 Bed Bath and Beyond still gonna, gonna only gonna knock off 10%. Yeah, it's definitely cheaper. Every sale is cheaper than Bad Bath, Bed Bath and Beyond. Like, um, this ain't no sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next episode we did was taking us back to slavery. Uh, Mike Brown was the guest. We had, we had, uh, guests this week. We had Mike, oh. JL, and Simeon. It was a sausage fest, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun though yeah but we had a good time you know yeah and y'all excuse my voice because like i said I no please don't apologize don't. Flim, sorry. they don't have to deal with it okay <laughs> yeah. then they don't have to do it listen that's true uh they know we had covid we don't have to we only have to do this show then uh I episode to no that's what i'm saying oh okay. so they should be thankful <laughs> episode 27 29 taking us back to slavery two comments senia writes in man right you said a, the very thing i've been thinking about the jonathan majors fiasco first when he had his first court appearance and his attorney submitted their evidence including statements from eyewitnesses and people involved that night folks online were like why didn't they release this in the beginning why didn't he show the public this at first and i immediately thought about tory lane's guilty ass who tried to win the court of public opinion before he tried to win a court of law and i was like yeah good play if he's actually trying to stay out of jail yeah also like there's a pr image hit that comes with attacking a person that is accusing you even if it's a false accusation you come leaking stuff and making them out to be like the liar not in court meaning just like in public opinion it does have a taint to it that uh that people typically seem to push back on Mm -hmm. um even when he did this in a court of law i still saw people trying to find a way that this was like weird like the their way of like trying to dismiss this like it doesn't count and what i found trying to be neutral trying to be unbiased trying to just accept what people are saying in real time as it comes out it feels to me we'll find out maybe what happened in that car if his side of the story it has any relevancy if they actually do have that evidence if they're gonna have those witnesses and video footage and stuff maybe that woman did lie on him you know maybe he did get on that phone call with megan good or whoever the fuck was on that phone call she said you cheating got hysterical and 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 everything happened the way he said and he goes home and she's tried to kill herself in his house and and the doorman is a witness and all this shit maybe that is true and if so that is gonna help him out on that night it's gonna help him out in the court of law dealing with this particular woman because people will go oh she just went crazy or she had a psychotic episode and and she or she was so vindictive that she tried to get this man that may be true i don't want to say it's i don't want to dismiss it just because people think he's a jerk possibly Mm -hmm. 
and then all that rolling stone shit with 40 people coming out and being like he's kind of an asshole minimum that may be true too because it's hard to get a conspiracy of 40 people like i always find it interesting when people are like so dismissive of this shit like uh i mean shit he probably just a black man at harvard or whatever the fuck wherever he went to school and i'm like yeah but 40 people is a lot of people though like if you did a like if you try to do a deep dive on my life you're not gonna find 40 people that had that all had the same story of me being an asshole it's very unlikely so there's it it's possible that he is an asshole but he didn't do this and that is what evident the that is what i have heard the things i've heard is leading me to that but we'll find out in the court of law i guess because i don't think that shit from the rolling stone interview is gonna be court of law shit mm-hmm. like i just don't think like a lot of it was whisper campaign stuff um but we'll see i mean if the if, if, if the prosecutors are savvy i'm sure they're gonna reach out to rolling stone and try to get in contact with the the women that he used to date and stuff like that i mean that would be a smart prosecution um angle you know to you to, to take his credibility down because if his defense team lied about the statements from his exes that's pretty damning you know if if they had them if they falsified or had them sign some type of weird shit that's pretty damning so it just seemed like a very ugly situation and i don't know how you walk out of this clean if you're Jonathan majors at all she says then the rolling stone interview came out and what really turned out to be a nothing burger in my opinion because a bunch of people who refused to go on record but only admitted to him being an asshole to which my immediate thought was like you said why ain't nobody say nothing about this man until now yeah i do find that weird because it's not people claiming to be a victim of him it's just like he's a dirt jerk and i just I i find all that weird in hollywood because i think if someone's a jerk i don't know why like this man isn't in control of your destiny if you were just his classmate and he was an asshole i don't know why you would be like i ain't gonna say nothing you know like but maybe that's how people work maybe they're scared or something Mm -hmm. but i just it feels like a weird thing to be scared of i guess like for example if i worked on game theory and uh i'm trying to think if gilbert arenas came in and he was a real dick on the set i don't feel the need to protect gilbert arenas i wouldn't be like man i'm scared you know he got a podcast and he got he's big in this podcast energy i'd be like yeah he was a dick to everybody we don't he i didn't like working with him fuck it you know but maybe other people just don't feel that way no and everybody don't function like that and we also live in a society where some people live their lives void of confrontation they will do whatever it takes not to have any yeah form but of but why would that stop now because like this is now a confrontation if you're coming out saying actually i always thought he was a jerk he never was cool with me uh we been said he was whack uh but we just never wanted to say anything in public well now you are about to have a confrontation like you yeah. you are put you're stepping yeah. in it now yeah yeah they are but the the, the trick back for them is now <coughs> people are going to want to find out who you are mm-hmm. you know versus before you could feel that way and like you said you could basically go underneath the radar but i do understand what you're saying now because the thing is people are going why didn't you say nothing then i i mean i get it 
but with you coming out now and rolling stone somebody somewhere will find out who you are and if you're a person that's void of confrontation you're gonna have confrontation now whether you wanted it or not so i'm not trying to find you if you're a person that's like i don't want any confrontation yeah it's just it doesn't make sense yeah that's what i'm right. saying yeah like why then why even say anything now right. i mean he's in trouble trouble and like him being rude to you on the set of a movie seems completely different than if he tried to strangle somebody in the back of a cab to me those are so weird it's i don't know it feels weird to me yeah yes yes and the thing is a lot of times when you talk about these things you talk about victims and you know people that are on the other side of abuse sometimes it's a very mucky area and sometimes people don't know where to draw lines this right here is completely different than rape because a lot of times when you start talking about this stuff people hear victims a lot of times people jump to the extreme of that thing and it's one of those things with well he's not accused of rape for the record this Uh, okay i just just want to be clear in case people listening yes yeah yeah yeah, i'm I'm saying people are actually saying i've seen people online when they you talk about victims they choose they they always use victims and they always look at it from that extreme perspective versus looking at victims as what what exactly happened and it's okay for me to say well you know and question you know because when it comes to rape it's so it's so much gray and complication behind it and people feel so many ways that a lot of times people conflate the two and cross the two over that anytime you talk about victims every a lot of people take it to that extreme and sometimes you can't even have a true conversation about what's happening because they want to shut the shit down and and be like well it's this extreme thing when you go but that's not the reality of what's happening Mm. yeah i mean yeah we do operate in extremes in public discourse but that's kind of why i understand if you're i understand going to a court of law with whatever your evidence is Mm -hmm. because i just don't think the public discourse is we're way more quicker to be like you did that shit and it doesn't really matter anything we hear that is anything other than you did it correct so is you know it's I, i'm not and i'm and like i said we we may find out that the prosecution has evidence that he did do it so i i really don't know i just think um it's messy and this is what happens this is one of the reasons i don't cover the details of these things right. i don't it's read messy. the one of the reasons i don't read the articles and stuff on the show anymore because i found this stuff to be so much about confirmation bias i found myself caught up in i found myself declaring people guilty that that mm -hmm. i found myself declaring people guilty that were later found out to be innocent i found myself um wanting to root for for people and root against people and thinking that you know uh justice is 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 always saying the person did it and stuff and that's not really fair and it's not my that part is not my job we'll find out hopefully in the court of law and maybe not even then so we'll see but yeah the rolling stone article i did read it i just didn't read it on the show um she says uh according to my friends who work in the industry a big part of attaining success is being liked and likable i just don't see how majors rise to this level of stardom by being a total dick to everyone he ever knew but maybe it's different for men i don't know yeah i think also that method acting shit people like hide behind that like he's just a very serious actor and it's like well i don't care that you're playing a fucking civil war palette you don't get to yell at me over the craft services table i don't play that shit uh that's not to say he isn't guilty clearly there's some kind of altercation that night majors may also indeed be an asshole but the rolling stone piece wasn't smoking gun for me that it was for other people 
well i think that, like i said that's the confirmation bias because what i think the rolling stone piece did is a night it's a sleight of hand which is essentially a bunch of evidence came out from his side that he may not have done what he is accused of that night and then the rolling stone put out an article that says he's an asshole and then we're supposed to go oh he's an asshole well he must have done it even though nothing in this article has 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 refuted the evidence that he presented right. that night we're supposed to be like it doesn't matter he's capable of doing it because he's an asshole and because he's uh been accused of shit in the past from people that don't want to go on the record that haven't filed police reports that don't really seem to have any evidence other than a kind of whisper campaign right now you know but mm-hmm. it's still i read it and i still came away from that rolling stone article because i did go read it, it i i came away feeling like very icky like like something's not right with that dude that that many people had stories i still think that is unless you're you know and i've seen people try to disguise and they, i don't they probably read the headline or not but whatever i've seen people try to throw it away as if talking to 40 people even off the record is somehow just complete smoke and mirrors i don't believe Mm, i I just don't believe that that's a lot of people yeah it's too many people so i don't you know that that held on to that for years and then collaborated to take this dude down apropos of nothing like it just seems like a lot right there but who knows also as a person who's worked in communications for government agencies i'm certain the nypd has its own pr machine that will play stories for them so honestly i think both sides are using the media to try to sway public opinion and both sides are probably on some bullshit in one way or another at this point i wish they would just leave us out of it until the trial starts well we'll see that trial's gonna start one day and we'll find out more shit ev says i hope clarence thomas get the most painful hemorrhoids and never have a peaceful bowel movement for the rest of his heinous life <laughs> uh let's see if there's any comments on oh, and also okay. before we move on uh uh when i was going back and i was making that analysis before about about you know talking about the discourse online mm-hmm. a lot of it which is comes to the bottom a lot of it's projection and there are a lot of particularly women who, who feel like things like this may have happened to them not through him but through other people and they didn't they didn't they felt like they didn't get any justice they felt like that they, they, they didn't want any confrontation and they felt like they had to hide and i think now with these people coming out it has given them the strength to quote unquote support these people which i understand but a lot of their support is coming from baggage that's unrelated to this situation altogether. so they go well what happened to me happened to me so it must have happened to you regardless of if it really happened or not because we were not there mm-hmm. you know and so i think that's what a lot of that extremism i was talking about go, goes to that extremism of, of, of victim and victimhood for a lot of people and they bring a lot of that online and those two things are like apples and oranges in my opinion like when you start talking and getting into the weeds of these things yeah and i think like you say it's very gray and messy and people don't want to admit that i think also we have to take a lot of shortcuts because we don't know everything mm-hmm. so you know there's a lot of um assumptions that have to be made in the absence of having any real evidence and in the absence of having people that go on record so you know the rolling stone took three months to talk to 40 people they said they had like two dozen people that uh alleged that there were some levels of uh abuse that he did now the thing is when you go read it because when you're thinking abuse right there and we're and this is in the uh wake of 
supposedly him doing a domestic doing to have like strangling a woman in the back of a car uh, uh uber or whatever um it, when they say abusive behavior i'm thinking oh he's fucking hitting women and all this other stuff behind the scenes and i think they had one person that um he physically abused uh an ex according to um one of the one of the stories but then the other the other story was he emotionally was abusive to a romantic partner which is sort of nebulous and hard to prove you know i don't don't, like it's not even like that's that's tough and i hate that anyone would go through emotional abuse but it's also damn near impossible to prove because what are you going to say um you can't really call the, the police on like yeah he's emotionally abusing me people don't even really respect that so right that's very tough it happens right? yeah so those are the two that i you would have thought that in my opinion if i was writing a story about this dude and and a pattern of abuse those are the stories i would delve into those specific two exes but instead it turned into like and people didn't like him on the set and people didn't like him at his school and to me i'm like now you're just painting a pattern of he could be an asshole that that is different to me yes it is i'm not saying it's unrelated but it is different than what this case is about so we'll see what happens when the trial starts because i think everything we're saying now is just speculative Mm -hmm. and going off of vibes and in a society where women are have not been believed and are not normally believed correct many of us just err on the side of believing women or believing the victims in this case or believing the people that you know off the record say this guy's an asshole because in addition to it being great content it just is easier and it makes us feel good to be like yeah i'm on the right side and if it comes out later that he didn't do this thing that night or a court can't find him guilty you know we'll deal with the cleanup then all right uh my mom left a comment awesome show mike's energy was so palpable a conversation between friends so funny and entertaining thank you thank you we love him yeah mike brown and then the poll was do you find the writer strike to be relatable yes or no 90 percent of people said yes 10 percent said no i'm surprised it wasn't uh less honestly like i'm surprised it wasn't more people find it unrelatable yeah I, i find it relatable too because most people at their jobs if the average person is not in the union mm-hmm. a lot of people wish they were in unions because if they were they would have yeah but that's one of the reasons i thought people would say it was unrelatable mm. like i don't like i wish i had a union y'all even at least y'all got a union when the people at my job getting underpaid we just all getting underpaid and there's nothing we do about it but 10 percent, only 10 percent father was unrelatable yeah and also it's one of those things too where you know got a small audience they're like hey nigga this is gonna fuck up my tv this is gonna fuck up my entertainment with y'all on strike yeah i I, yeah but once again is that relatable Uh, Uh, that's different than finding that's that's completely different than finding it relatable i I just wondered if people thought it was relatable because during that show what we were talking about is like when you see these people who are i worked on this tv show i won an emmy i have all this prestige and fame but i need my money some people are rich that are writers and they're like hey we need to strike a lot of people are finding that to be somewhat unrelatable the fact that writers out there were very funny signs you know some people are finding that like okay be that bad y'all thinking making jokes you know so i just was wondering mm-hmm. what the art but i'm glad that it was that high and the people with money on spotify it was less relatable to them because many of them probably are working at the top 
of whatever industries they're at right they on them boards yeah so they probably against the strike they like oh strike y'all niggas better get back to work get to work we got time for this striking bullshit so 68 percent of them thought it was relatable 32 percent did not find it to be relatable and i get it uh the q a they're trying to take us back to slavery typhlosion says our nation is reminding me of the citadel of ricks love the discourse on voting i literally have living family members that took part in montgomery bus boycotts we are outnumbered five stars Mm-mm. Raphael says at this point i just tune out anyone who was still on that voting is the answer bs seeing a new york dem rep tweeting such craps makes me wish she got primary they all agents of chaos mm uh carrie says that's so weird that you got elected and i like voting ain't the answer bitch how do you think you got your job like do your job carrie says the right the right reverend dr sister mark karen morrow preached a word when she said that damn near had to pull the the truck over and hit a praise dance jane says obviously here in texas governor crazy legs signed a law banning water breaks for construction workers dumbass i heard that and it wasn't nothing but every four hours so you get two breaks so you're gonna have people fucking dying dumbass doesn't give a fuck about them especially when they work over in over 100 degree weather that's crazy i didn't even know that yeah yes and this is recently and the thing is they basically they had a law that said if you had jobs outside every four hours it's mandatory that everybody takes a 10 minute water break so basically that's two water breaks in the eight hour shift and that makes sense because it's nothing for down in texas for for it to be triple digits 120 125 130 once you factor in a heat index and they was like and what happened and not sure funny a lot of them kind of like charlotte a lot of the larger cities that actually care about those people be like hey dog we can't have people out here passing out this fucking heat and then they and then they pass this off talking about uh it talking about it's gonna fix some business shit bitch this ain't got nothing to do you think these 20 minutes a day is gonna fucking uh, matter at the end of the day no you're just evil for the fact that to be evil yeah i don't get it like why what was the other side of this they did it because they could and that's how funny they did it because it's a lot of brown and mexican people they probably do a lot of that outside work so he don't give a fuck yeah i i just i would like to know who was lobbying this the businesses maybe like and and sometimes mm-hmm. not find, sometimes that's so evil sometimes i don't even think the business lobby for this sometimes they just do this shit just because they can and they mean and they evil i hear what you're saying karen i just would like to know because there's got to be an official person or group that put this in the writing and then they got it voted on and True. then it got passed so it's not just i understand they might be evil mean blah 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 but it's not that simple in that someone had to write down an argument for why 10 minutes every four hours was unacceptable and i would like to know who the fuck that was how much did they pay if they're part of a lobbyist group it's deeper than it's deeper than just them being evil because we've been known they was evil but something has to happen to empower them to do certain things and why do they think this is a either a winning strategy or a strategy that won't cost them votes you know is it the gerrymander i, I have a lot of questions that, that's true and, and like you said in order for it to get this point like you said somebody had to write it down somebody had to push it through yeah. somebody had to bring it so i guarantee you some businessman somewhere and like you said if you follow the money it would not be surprising if some of this is attached to some of them like maybe not them directly but a associate a friend a family member or somebody is actually benefiting and profiting 
from these extra 20 minutes a day yeah um so i i don't know it's just it, I, I always wonder these questions because i think <clears throat> um i don't know it just makes me wonder like how do they not think there's gonna be repercussions and and if, right. and i guarantee it's in the details somewhere and mm-hmm. you know i have to see that yeah my heart goes out to the people that are going oh no no my heart goes out too don't even try to mm-mm, don't even try to get them at first mm-mm. <laughs> i would assume everyone listening's heart goes out is there anybody no, I'm special. we can make that the poll did your heart not go out to the uh <laughs> people dying in the heat in 110 degree texas heat and in in, with no water breaks i am special i am the only one that actually cares <laughs> the rest of you do not care at all um <laughs> and just as a point of fact i don't i I don't really correct y'all when y'all do this i don't really like arguing about it i understand it's bigger than me and there's pretty much nothing i can do because y'all hate greg abbott and that's fine i i also think he's a piece of trash and hate him but it always weirds me out the amount of people that like call him like hot wheels and crazy legs and shit like that because he's in a wheelchair um because to me it feels a lot like ableism is okay when you don't like somebody and the same thing with uh you know fat phobia and stuff it's okay to diss somebody's weight when you like jason fatlock and shit when you don't like them and i get that that's the the law of the land like y'all like for the most part it's just if you don't like somebody you can just kind of say shit but i don't know man i i just want to say personally i don't participate in that and that's why i don't call them those things and i never have on the show or anywhere else you've heard me um just because I, I honestly think it's one it's it's like the lowest form of humor is i'm smarter and better and funnier than that but then two it just feels like uh that's what you're thinking about everybody in a wheelchair but you can say it because you don't like this guy oh shows you how much i pay attention i didn't pay attention to that shit i just like that's a mean ass man yeah i know you've never said it either but Mm-mm. i'm just saying like i does it's common parlance on social media to call them crazy legs ah. hot wheels and shit okay. like that and that's funny i didn't even know the man was in the wheelchair i just know okay. he's like i said he's just a mean ass man mm-hmm. so <laughs> all right um but back to the comments uh Boca says or get as close as possible taking us to slavery roger says i wonder what company's going to turn white only when we go back to segregation julie mm-hmm. says they've never stopped aaron says my hands are too delicate to pick cotton same yeah these are not my ancestors hands literally Mm -mm. nelson says they have their foot on the gas trying to take away our rights um the okay yeah i've had family members that that tell me about picking cotton and child of horse stories they tell me i'll be looking at them like bitch no episode 2730 man versus everyone six comments on this one the pink superhero says love the fangirl section over little girl shop of horrors as a musical fan i would love to hear more musical reviews from r and k <laughs> that's little shop of horrors is our jam yeah i don't know that i'm a musical person in general um and i'm not against them or anything but i, I feel like i just know a couple of the tentpole musicals yeah. that i like when i was in high school um <clears throat> especially when in like drama yeah. class and stuff yes you performed yeah but i never performed in a musical um but uh you know it's it's probably boring it's 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 uh um west side story it's uh little shop of horrors Mm -hmm. it's the sound of music for me those are my main ones and then there's a bunch i just 
i never had access to like disney shit so i never got into like mary poppins and stuff like that so i you know rent i'm just not i'm not a musical person like that you know when hamilton was blowing up i it never really i never it never i've never even seen that i never got curious about it so um but yeah the ones i do like i love but just i don't like that many uh apia says i'm so glad that tipping is way less part of our culture here in germany because okay no go ahead and and it's one of the things with uh, listen to what you said about apia tipping is weird because like i say other parts of the world they just get rid of it here it's so embedded in our culture that when we try to get rid of it people get offended that you're trying to fucking get rid of it and you're like you do know it's abnormal that's why when america go to other countries they and give them money they are insulted like the fuck you give me this money for just pay for the meal Mm-hmm. uh obvious says uh i find tipping tipping etiquette confusing and also wrong pay your workers companies right. but i noticed in the episode you would also pref- prefer not having to figure it out every time yeah I've, we've said that many times on this show i really think um tipping should just be built in to, tipping shouldn't even be a thing and the pay of your workers should just be built into the price of what you're selling right and don't try to make me as a customer responsible for for you paying your wages i think this i think we've said that many times right not to mention uh the average public citizen has a bunch of hang-ups and your personal what like worth worth and the money that you make should not be caught up on those hangups because when you say we're gonna leave it up to the public to tip you well the public is racist it's misogynistic it's uh xenophobic it's homophobic it's It's transphobic it's a bunch of shit why the fuck are we letting them decide half of this goddamn country is voting against the rights of other people constantly why are we letting them decide that they can what i'm worth they might just see me come over and i look a little too black for them or muslim or fat or gay or whatever and they go i'm not tipping that person or i'm right i'm gonna write jesus on the receipt nah fuck that pay me what i'm worth i hop make the fucking eggs 15 dollars instead of 10 and you know what's even more bullshit in this pandemic we watch them raise the prices yes. everything costs a lot more than it cost before if you if you order something even if you order something for your house like i just want an egg sandwich at the house that egg sandwich is not the price it was before this pandemic meaning they could raise the prices people would pay the prices we fucking know that for a fact now and yet you still do not want to pay your goddamn employees a dollar of that couldn't just been going to the employees so that you don't have to even worry about the tip that's fucking ridiculous you know sean says one of the wonderful things about living in japan is that there is basically no tipping and the only exceptions are medical doctors although that is technically banned and politicians but that's more bribery than tipping i hadn't heard about matt and trey's restaurant casa bonita i'm glad to hear someone has a good sense to fight against tipping in the u.s i'm with everything you said except the idea of tipping a medical doctor that feels super weird <laughs> right i don't know what that means like maybe you ain't gonna get that kidney five percent that's it you're going back on the waiting list uh sean says also on pitchfork versus sword debate while pitchforks have reached have reached an overrated metric i mean tyson's reach was absolutely 10 percent below his competitors in confined quarters the reach is basically nullified 
it still has benefits as a stabbing weapon over a slashing weapon in those close quarters but the likelihood that it will get stuck on the wall makes it less than ideal in sad situations the samurai sword is a slashing weapon and although it seems like the owner uses it as a stabbing weapon a good samurai sword could break the shaft of a pitchfork but also maneuver around and end up getting a good slash the lack of damage to the legs of the sword wielder the best attack option for the pitchfork or the hands of the sword wielder the best attack option for the sword wielder or the pitchfork wielder I guess. It, it is confusing suggest that they were both flailing and knew very little about how to use the weapons in the mandalorian the spear is just over two meters which makes it less ideal for open field combat but more effective in close quarters all right no, pitchfork versus sword debate apparently yep sean was sean was in his back ebe says since jl brought it up I was wondering if the annual bullet ball episode is coming up. I look forward to it every year because no matter how many times I hear those clips with the commentary from you two and Justin, I laugh so hard. I laugh so hard. I cried, especially when you actually hear the guy say, but I have bullet ball. <laughs> yeah, we do need to do that soon. <laughs> and, and normally what happens, somebody is fairly new be like, what the fuck is a bullet ball? And it restarts it up. <laughs> <laughs> Angela says, awesome show. I love watching you all chop it up with JL. This country is a hot, racist, sexist, anti-LGBTQ plus mess. I've been watching these firings and show cancellations. I'm so sorry about Game Theory, right? You did an excellent job. I'm going to miss the Black Lady Sketch Show. I'm surprised they let y'all go for as long as they did, right? <laughs> i was thinking about this country scotus and anti-affirmative action culture that idiot stockton rush from ocean gate is the descendant of the two declaration of independent signers his family name was one of on the buildings at on one of the buildings at princeton and where he went to school he broke law scammed and tricked people didn't follow advice and killed five people including himself somehow black folks getting a tiny bit of affirmative action is the problem besides the coon clarence and ben carson i don't think any of us have maimed or killed anyone thanks for an amazing show uh hugs and kisses thank you angela mm-hmm. yeah and uh i talked more about game theory in detail on the pregame episode that we recorded yesterday with justin well that i recorded yesterday mm-hmm. with justin because uh, he wanted to talk about it i went into more detail there um and that's probably the best way to, to hear like you know yeah. how i feel about it behind right. the scenes stuff i want to say i actually made it the just the tip episode this week um uh so on spotify on spotify okay. so if you're one of the just the tippers the five dollars a month mm-hmm. people yeah, yeah is we actually talked about that and kiki palmer on there it's episode 372 you a mom and if you're a premium it's in your feed um you know it wasn't like i was spilling too much tea behind the scenes stuff but i just didn't feel like doing it again on this show so that's the best way to hear my thoughts on all that uh the poll was which should win pitchfork or sword oh wait i'm sorry let me check the comments on um on uh man versus everyone on uh youtube and of course the guest was jl covan Mm -hmm. uh shadow driver one says i agree i use youtube like a podcast because i can't find the things i like on audio only podcasts i multitask when i'm listening i don't need the video there's only one reason i'm a premium member so i can listen with my screen off darn iphone yeah i like i said i i I think you just have to adjust to it you know that's why we put our stuff on youtube even though it's not really blowing up there you know looking right now in the last few weeks our biggest video has 239 views and i don't mean to scoff at that i'm sure there's people that would love to have 239 views but for us it's not you can't really monetize that number there's no real money in it 
uh there's not that much interaction and stuff happening over there and we don't want to switch over to this like youtube only type of podcast but you have to acknowledge that that is a huge part of the game and the game is changing or else you get lost so that's why we have it over there that's true and it's also one of those things where like you say you have to adapt and adjust uh because like i said i i am softening my stance because you know for a long time i had a hardcore stance on that i was like bitch the fuck is this that is not a podcast like like a podcast needs to be on a podcast application like i i didn't like in my mind i could not understand the connection because in my mind youtube was videos like yeah you could put something on youtube it is a youtube video like like in my mind i couldn't understand but also have to understand it's a whole generation is raised on youtube and they don't actually go to the podcast application so it's a whole audience over well, there is, will find you through the youtube is the war reporter podcast with gaster and shalewa because yeah, they put yes. the video on on if you go to spotify to listen it's a video yes so you know it's all this stuff is kind of morphing all the time and you either do it or you get left behind but the definitions are changing and the rigidity is only going to get people basically it's it's only going to hurt you as a creator to be so rigid you know it's the thing i'm saying about the crowd work videos that jl hates on but you know jl is a very rigid guy in general Mm -hmm. i think you know maybe there's some some almost self-destructive tendencies with his rigidity at times where you're like how's that gonna be constructive for you but it's the integrity and the line that he has chosen to live with so if it hurts him he's willing to take that pain because in his mind it proves something right and there's those kind of creators that are out there but i'm i feel like a lot of times it's a losing battle because the world is changing and in the moment if it's listen i don't want to burn my material and crowd work is helping people let folks know you're doing stand-up without them showing up and then being like you already told that joke before then people are just doing that it was interesting to have jl on this episode and then the next day to have simeon on who does put out a lot of crowd work uh instagram videos and i respect both of them as comedians immensely and like to me like to me as a fan it doesn't really make a difference like i'm not i'm just like that's jl's way and this is simeon's way but the point being being rigid isn't necessarily going to be helpful yes you know what i mean and and also it's one of those things where you have to be willing to adapt you have to be willing to adjust you have to be willing to continue to allow your audience to grow and you have to go where your audience is so you know from that perspective i completely under understand that you know uh because the thing is you kind of want to be particularly as a creative on many platforms as possible so that your reach could be as large and as huge as possible because you have people once they find a platform they don't go to other platforms so it's like i'm here and that's gonna be it so you have to go with your audience and for the vast majority of people you're not gonna blow up it's not gonna work so it don't really matter either way but it just seems like uh why limit yourself if you don't have to correct um and youtube is just one of it's one of those things as a podcaster when people start telling me youtube was the shit i was like really yeah like y'all call that a podcast but then it didn't take long for i was like okay well that's what people call it now what the fuck i'm gonna do change the world like well i refuse to acknowledge that y'all call it a podcast i don't get anything out of that fuck it we'll just takes one more you know takes a few more hours to put our shit on youtube then there you go now it's on youtube right you're welcome 
um let's see uh the poll was which should win pitchfork versus sword 60 percent say pitchfork 40 percent say sword um let's see on spotify what they believe uh ooh, 49 percent pitchfork 51 percent sword so they they the woof it's closer than i thought everybody mm. uh the q a maybe was, that debate was right <laughs> yeah the q a was happy juneteenth part two uh rafael says i once practiced bushido for three days before i realized that i had been scheduled for a toe surgery i had to go with sword no no knee skill for with the pitchfork only for good for lynch mobs a three-day samurai got smoke all right uh marvin <laughs> i couldn't fully, fully follow that one uh marvin says i think i'm going to have to start using this when people want to wish me happy independence day maybe i'll say juneteenth part zero uh i say juneteenth part two we're keeping two. it going mm-hmm. yeah uh all right let's go to the next episode and this one simeon goodson 2731 winger shows we had three comments uh ramsey d jingas says this entire episode was a dracaris fire five flaming stars the comedy banter and jokes flow like flowetry mr goodson has to come back to the show the world has ended if black aunties can't shake their ass at essence festival right yeah and uh that's what i'm gonna do when i go and i do love when uh people um are new to the show and they're first time guests and the audience loves them and we love them and we have a good time i thought we would with simeon honestly uh just as like a, a periphery fan like a person that knows him through social media a bit i was like he seemed like a really good time a fun dude like um and then seeing the stand-up i was like god he's, he's so fucking funny and uh yeah it was one of those things where i always meant to just kind of get around to asking him to be on the show but uh shout out to brandon collins for making it happen and uh yeah we definitely got to have him back at some point mm-hmm. eve says india Ari is full of it how can you express in one breath you love someone and then publicly shame them in the next if she doesn't want her want to shake her ass in public that's fine for her but leave other people alone and let them have their fun right right it's one of the things where they're not obligating you to be over there they're not obligating you to participate any of that yeah i just like i think we all can relate to the idea of some level of shame or indecency or not liking something or whatever and i think for the most part if it's just not harming anybody if it's all consensual i don't understand the point of like warning the world or like i'm not with this and you're not gonna stop it you sure ain't like it's not like oh well i guess ndre had the power and the pull in the black woman game to get all the twerking to stop and Megan and get people to, to start not liking megan the stallion and shit that's not gonna happen and on top of that it's very insulting because you have people that go i am not my hair but i also shake my ass so you know because black women love both of y'all music so it's like one of the things where people are going hey doll what are you saying about me as a fucking fan yeah it just feels yeah it just feels like like it's more about virtue signaling that i'm not this type of woman correct and i mean i guess that's your right you know i'm not a woman i can't tell you how to think and but i just don't think there's a shortage of shame around like i don't think that there's like 
women have never thought about maybe i don't need to shake my ass pretty sure from the time every single woman is every girl is born every girl child is born there's a like a a a lot of shame that is heaped on them a lot of this stuff is people trying to find their politic through rebellion through uh body positivity and all this stuff it's deeper than these people have not not thought about what india already said they've just thought they've just arrived at a different conclusion that she has right but she want to be that type of person you know call her pick me whatever y'all want to call her but i i understand the point i wanted to make is i understand it i get her point she's an auntie she's of a certain age she's of a certain vibe there she ain't alone there's a lot of people that think like that but i just don't think we have to give it any power we can be like yeah we think you're we think that we hear your point and we don't think it's as deep as you think it is right it's also one of those things a generational thing where the 20 year olds are going okay old lady beat it yeah yeah or not even i mean there's women her age that, that have lived their whole life dressing and doing it different than her yes sir that's just her point of view and that's fine you know just mm-hmm. you don't have any power except for what you do with your body and that's right. fine you you think you know and this and honestly it's gonna come to a point one day i don't know when but at some point some of these people are gonna not be nice about it right now people are being nice about like at least to me people seem mm-hmm. to be nice about the like you can kind of talk shit about women twerking and shit with impunity even huge hypocrites like snoop dogg and jd um and all this jermaine dupree and all this stuff do you like you can make money off the backs literally of women shaking their ass and then turn around and be shame them for it but someday people gonna actually stop being nice about it and confront them and not work with them and shit and then we'll really see when the rubber meets the road because right now the people twerking having too much fun being free and living in their bodies they don't care that you don't like it right but i wouldn't be shocked if one of these people comes out and be like nah man fuck ndre you know what i mean and, and like they would have the right yeah. to do that because you called me out i, I yeah. was minding my business and you going you bitches and whores are shaking your ass like <laughs> i'm a bitch fuck you yeah I'm, I'm one day it's gonna happen i think anyway um let's see comments on the website i mean on youtube my mom says an absolutely hilarious show especially get rid of the supreme court justice replace them with referees oh my god lolol thanks mom and we have comments uh, i mean we had a poll have you ever lived in another country yes or no 48 percent yes 51 percent no that is a high percentage 35 percent for the people with money i'm shocked that it's high that it's a lower percentage on spotify for living outside the country but also i think spotify might not out be everywhere so maybe there's some countries where they couldn't vote and 65 percent say no I've, I've thought about it i'll talk to side mm-hmm. like i really have thought about I it i think every black person's thought about yeah, it at this point just to experience it like what it is oh that's do. not why no oh that that and this country's <laughs> fucked up too don't yeah. get me wrong i will act you know but it's initially where i go you know what it does sound better somewhere else racism yeah. is everywhere y'all like yeah. i'm I, just jo- i'm just yes. joking but yeah, well i'm, I'm kind of serious I, I, I feel i'm like every black person in america definitely every right thing a black person definitely consider not living in this mm-hmm. motherfucker Be like, can i afford that shit like how long how how long is them hours i could probably point out am i gonna be in different time zone i could probably point out several exact days that we've thought collectively of, of leaving this country you know january 6th is one of them days 
you know the trump inauguration the trump election you know the the election night uh like there's so many days we've just been like fuck man what what them prices looking like in france they racist that too shit oh man but is they the same racist yeah right is it the same racism okay i guess i have to learn another language yeah uh happy national workaholics day was the was the q a Aaron's, my boss put that day together right aaron says love this episode hope you have simeon on again sometime aaron aaron says y'all had me cracking up the whole episode i don't love to hear it james says good thing i had a day off from work on that day Raphael says simeon reminded me of the my barani brunch days i wouldn't last two hours there now the way out my alcohol tolerance is set up now good times though chris says my job is the sinking titanic and i'm trying to buck the bucket out the water in the next few days good luck chris ah! and uh yrd sign says all i do is work that just sounds like a complaint sorry to hear that <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it for the comments and all that stuff we're gonna get to the polls but let me play some music so i know where to throw these commercials Okay, 30 seconds all right let's check the voicemail line we have two voicemails this week um i'm trying to think is this one okay yeah we got okay so this is the first one i don't know who it's from now rod karen r and k that's what's up yo um i'm not gonna say my name right now i'm high yeah, right now okay so no nothing one. i'm about to see does that make any sense Mm. I love you guys. I, I love y'all. So y'all the best. Actually, love y'all. I, I, I promised myself I wasn't gonna do this. I promised I wasn't gonna do this. But uh, I, I'm gonna need y'all to put some words on the Walking Dead episode. I know. I'm, I'm just like binge watching it right now, and I'm just going through a range of emotions. I'm like bawling my ass out right now. Mm. I'm just like, this is crazy. I'm not gonna tell you what episode I'm on right now and where I'm at, like, and it's why I'm crying. But mm. when you get there, you're gonna cry too. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Okay. I just need y'all to put some words on it because y'all are the best at putting words on shows, yeah. Okay. Jesus right. love y'all. All right, I appreciate it. That's kind of energy I need to to get motivated to do these recaps. So, right, so people are waiting on us. Thank you. We also got another voicemail from Miss Barnes. Hi, Rod and Karen. This is Miss Barnes. So I am playing catch up. I am woefully behind, and I don't know the name of or the um, number of the episode. But it was basically the episode where Karen was exercising her comedic voice, if that makes sense. Um, Karen, has Karen, you've always been hilarious, and I love you to pieces. Oh, thank you! I, I did notice that when you were on 3GO, it seems like your comedic voice got stronger, if that makes sense. Oh. 
like, mm-hmm. honestly, I felt like 3GO was your steroids if you were exercising that muscle. Yes. Because you sit in so flawlessly with the guys. And I was like, I was so amazed. And this was whenever Rod first went to New York. Mm-hmm. And I had always been meaning to leave feedback like that, but it was like, okay, I don't know. Life just happened, so and I forgot. But now I'm picking that back up. So I'm like, okay, yeah. It was one of the things that I did notice, and I was so amazed and just like, Karen, you've always been funny, but it just Aww. seemed like you absolutely just took off when you were on 3GO, just completely amazed. And so I just had to share that with you. Um, but again, I forgot the number of the episode, so my apologies. <laughs> anyway, take care. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you. And the thing about it, I know this might sound silly. But Hi, this is Miss Vines again. I don't know why it played the next one without me hitting play, but go ahead. Oh, no problem. Yeah, because I was giving her the comment of what she just yeah. said. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about. I sound like about the thunder. I was, I was thinking. Yeah, I was looking at my phone because I, like, I got a one of those like buzzing alerts. Apparently, we have a severe thunderstorm warning. But go ahead. Okay, no problem. Uh, one thing about three go when i was with uh andy and uh, randolph it might sound silly to y'all but for the first time i felt like i was playing playing outside with the big kids you know how when kids are small they look all sad and they wish they could do the shit today uh, uh other friends was doing but you like two and they six and y'all can't do the same thing so you looking all sad and shit and then eventually the six year olds be like, okay, you can, you can come out and play with us, but you better not, you, you better not fuck around and, uh, slow us down. You better run too. And that's kind of how I felt. I felt like, yeah, I can play. And I, I ran outside and I ran and I just kept up. And the more I kept up, the stronger I got till eventually I could rough house with them. And that's kind of, you know, in my mind, that's kind of how I felt comedically. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I've always thought you were funny, but I think, uh working with other people and being funny in those capacities always is helpful um you know it's the same thing with uh being guest on podcasts same thing with game theory uh having a guest on a podcast all that stuff matters and i think a lot of times it's just a matter of confidence and uh accepting of you're gonna try and you're gonna fail mm-hmm. sometimes it's not gonna be as funny sometimes jokes not gonna work and sometimes the and joke is that you bombed yeah you can make and everyone has their own sense of humor and their own thing so you know it's about that kind of stuff and and learning to hone your own voice and uh i think the audience knows it and i think you know it and i think we're all better for it yeah and also i think too sometimes i realize everybody's mind ticks differently and everybody makes different connections to what's funny and what's not funny and i know it might sound weird when i say this but it's hilarious when i tell a joke and you have to analyze like how did i make these connections in like your mind Mm -hmm. and then i was like okay i must be getting too deep there (laughs) you know but it is a good thing that 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 my jokes are somewhat challenging sometimes and it's not always easy to quote unquote make those connections which means i'm not reaching for the lower hanging fruit uh, she um, so actually, back. Rod, I wanted to mention that I do remember episode twenty-seven, twelve, and twenty-seven, thirteen, where somebody decided to frame a Arby's and left the dead body in the freezer. Um, per EVE, who was correct, um, Arby's was framed, <laughs> not 
I don't understand. Somebody went ahead and just put a somebody put a stuffed dummy in there and said it was a real body. Either way, um, yeah, Arby's was framed. Um, I will still continue to get my orange shake. EVE is the realest of MVPs here. She get a lifetime achievement award. That's all I wanted to say. Again, I love y'all. Have a good day. Um, you know, I can't even laugh at that uh, because I. <laughs> And I, I find it to be so disrespectful <laughs> to the person who lost their life you know like an actual person was that did die in the Arby's are you sure you got yeah I'm sure yeah I'm sure it's a real and it's sad theory. honestly it's sad and it's uh infuriating to watch y'all <laughs> want to defend this restaurant quote unquote so badly that y'all will ignore the actual loss of a life somebody doesn't have a loved one now there's a family that has a person who's no longer here on the earth (laughs) but y'all think it's time to get the jokes off about arby's see the difference between me and y'all is that i'm never joking when i talk shit about arby's it's not funny to me it's not a game okay i'm not saying the food isn't good okay if y'all want to eat the food and y'all find it to be delicious that's fine but we know they're not selling enough of that food to buy buffalo wild wings and fucking oh, duck and donuts and Christmas cream. Everybody. We know that that's a motherfucking drug laundering money conspiracy that's happening. And y'all are complicit to it. Okay. Now we're all complicit because it's capitalism, but y'all are complicit. You don't have to still run PR for these motherfuckers. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to be on the front lines blocking for them to run up the middle like a running back you can just eat the food the way that people eat chick-fil-a people eat chick-fil-a and they don't be doing like well no actually it's a conspiracy that they homophobic they don't really give the money to uganda to kill gay people nobody says that because they like no they homophobic but the food is good so i don't understand what the problem is but i will never relent i'll never lie for y'all and i'm never gonna let y'all come on my airways and lie unchallenged so you should be disgusted and ashamed of yourself because there's nothing funny about what you just did Uh, email time miss crystal writes in hey miss crystal been a while mm-hmm. riding maybe karen your ponosaurus slip is showing for not knowing sukihana be lips out on the twitters even our respectable professional chase demure school mom christian mother wife non-human synced that pussy everywhere video on the twitter screets shaking my head clutching my pearls y'all need to go back to school update your firmware or get demoted take away a degree or something for shame how how about just a church hug pat pat miss kissable <laughs> yeah i don't i didn't know honestly mm-hmm. i did not know I've, I've since started following her on the ig and all that stuff and it's still the same uh you know thing for me because even with actual like porn stars who don't make music people don't just walk up on them and just be like i'm tugging you down bitch like it's just i don't know how those men lost that amount of control but i think it's partially just because 
I, I mean who knows the exact reasons but you know i have my suspicions as to why they feel like they could do that to her and not I other women do too uh mandy says dear karen mm-hmm. oh this one isn't for me all right well <laughs> next <laughs> no see what read it. Oh, okay i all can't right. see it uh dear karen i just want to write to you in regards to the statement you made about how black women are not respected to win in higher positions like black men are you are absolutely right black men are so respected and black women are disrespected even if that white person may have some drawback about black people i see it all the time outside of professional positions as settings for an example whenever a white woman is working or out and about there's a black man in her presence she is very nice attentive and flirtatious with black men and black men give into it and get a big ego about it i sit back and think at times is she being like this towards black man black a black man because he is a man or because she wants the d but when it comes to black women a white woman or man does not act like that towards us it's like being dismissive in a way black women are overworked and underpaid but not respected regardless it got me thinking about georgina in the movie get out she was crying out for help and tried to warn a black man about rose's family but chris ignored her she was dismissed and devalued but still stay strong and work even though she knew and tried to warn black men about their demise she was willing to do any and everything to protect and warn black men but no black men didn't care out of many victims she was the only black woman all i have to say is that you Karen, thank you karen for what you said about malcolm x said it, but because malcolm x said it best the most disrespected woman in america is the black woman mandy oh thank you baby all right and i have no comments because that was only for karen john says you got comments what no, you got to say sir it was only for you and i think that was a good moment of black womanness and let's move on <laughs> okay all right john saying good morning you part of the show too if she wanted my opinion she would have addressed it to me karen it's fine every this, this is the disrespect that black women get she said exactly what she meant and i think we should respect that okay okay, okay. uh get well etc good morning rod and karen glad to hear you had a fairly easy time with COVID. though listening to your you recounting it i couldn't help but think that someone would take rod out of context and say see rod and misses just like the flu i thought about that too but honestly um i don't give a fuck like if somebody's a vaccine denialist type of person listening to this shit good on them for making it this far into the pandemic uh it felt like the flu to me i assume that's because i'm vaccinated and anyone takes that out of context uh good luck tangling with the coronavirus and no and no vaccine good luck uh these submarine puns man y'all really sank to a new low (laughs) Uh, they were funny though. Couldn't even say they had me gasping for air. I was always, I will always treasure the jokes. Rod, as a true crime series fans, I highly recommend the investigation on HBO, which is a Danish series about a real murder mystery of a prominent journalist that involves a do-it-yourself submarine. I think, so I don't think I've seen the investigation, but if that's the same story, I saw Netflix, um, I saw the Netflix documentary about that dude in the submarine and that journalist that he supposedly possibly sexually assaulted and murdered um in that submarine so yeah it was it was it was wild but i haven't seen this yeah, didn't thing. we read an article or something about that yeah i i just know the documentary i watched i don't okay. i don't know about oh I, you might have been talking about it on the documentary yeah, yeah. that dude was nuts 
uh it's a real crazy story very well done even has our boy Euron Greyjoy in it um there definitely seems to be some weird things with us whites and our desire to build things to challenge the undefeated mother nature you see it a lot in the outdoors camping communities i think you're right that it is rooted in boredom privilege and believing the myths of white supremacy yeah the the thing with the submarine dude at least if you're talking about the same story for that is he murdered this journalist and then he came up on his own like i don't know i had got up and let her out of the submarine in the middle of the night because she just was like i got a date or something so i i don't know what happened to the woman then i went back into the submarine and i hung out and then i just this was news to me that she's missing and it was like obvious he did the shit it's it like not really that big of a mystery when you just start having common sense i really enjoyed the episode with mike brown especially the discussion about the ridiculous obsession on the left with trying to find some one weird trick solution short-term solution to problems that take decades to resolve right it's especially ridiculous when you consider the fact that the supreme court is just making shit up at this point yes, that's what's are. so frustrating is that most of us knew this would happen and we were shouting warnings in 2016 mm-hmm. I, I have an even bigger problem i don't think i think i i think maybe most of us knew that's a, that's a little we may, maybe even not then but i think those of us who did know a lot of them weren't shouting and that the pr battle was won in 2016 by the people that were shaming like this is the thing about the people that say shaming don't shame people for not voting right. they shame us for voting yes they shame us for voting democrat they shame us for trying to fix this fucked up ass world in this system for participating in it to fix it they shame us all the goddamn time they call us all kinds of fucking names and shit they want us to have pie in the sky solutions like just we don't need a plan just put bernie sanders in charge and he'll do it like a king or some shit and if you question that at all if you say well how the fuck are we going to do that if you if you say i just need more details they dismiss you out of hand so it's weird that shame's supposed to work one way you know so i think 2016 and i feel like i was part of this problem for the record i was not bold enough in saying no absolutely the fuck not and and one of the reasons i still have so much passion about voting and 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 specifically assigning blame and specifically talking about politics and not nebulous discussion points like many people do where they just make it seem like well hey, they don't kind of suck you just don't like to fucking read right you just don't care about details you your 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 head is too fucking uh you feel too overwhelmed when you talk about it so you you feel like you have to have some neutral point there is no neutrality in what we are experiencing right the fuck now because neutrality has gone to the wayside we are not allowed to be neutral anymore what can you be neutral on gay rights they're not leaving anything race they're not leaving any any middle ground anymore this is the simplest fucking time we have ever had when it comes to voting and politicians the simplest probably since the civil war maybe there's just a right and fucking wrong right now and there's one side that is dedicated to fucking wrong i do not understand the appeal and i don't understand giving them an out with the i'm just gonna talk about why why the democrats aren't perfect or what they didn't do well it would be nice if we had an alternative we actually fucking don't right the other side is the opposite in every goddamn way so to me i don't 
understand the appeal and i think it's a trick of white supremacy and whiteness yes. that to, to make you think being neutral means just sitting in the middle and doing nothing as the world turns to shit it's a trick you go well that's the default it's like when people say um i cover politics but i don't you know say the democrats or the republicans are good or bad well you fucking should journalist who's not gonna have any rights under the trump administration you fucking should have a side right you're not doing anyone a favor pretending to be neutral cnn is not doing us a favor bringing on republicans to lie and then bringing on extra ex actual ex experts in their field to sit across the table from people who are just gonna fucking lie and not have facts you're not helping you're participating in the cover for these evil motherfuckers so to me it it felt like 2016 should have been a lesson that everyone took to heart and the people that still haven't fuck them um let's say uh <laughs> hillary told us about the supreme court trump told people the election was about the supreme court i mean it really wasn't complicated but here we are oh well time to get back to soldering these aluminum cans together to build my homemade zeppelin good luck buddy we'll love to talk about you on the news uh chairs and stay safe john thanks john mm-hmm. uh and that's it that's everybody uh that's all the feedback appreciate y'all we'll be back um tomorrow actually we have michael harriet uh from, you might know from the griot from the root um Yay! and from the upcoming drake the maniacs podcast uh we'll have him on the show tomorrow i think it's at either i think it's at 10 a.m so we'll see y'all then until then i love you i love you too Mwah. Mwah.